Hey, I'm Jeff. And I'm Jeremy. And you're listening to the Deathscography Podcast, bonus episode four. Yeah, it's the first one in a while, yep. you know? Yep, yep, it's yep. an exciting one, though. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it is. For it's those our, of you... Also our first bonus episode of the new year. That's right. Uh, it, yeah, because we recorded... Yeah, so we recorded a Patreon episode. This is only the second time we recorded this year, so... Yeah. Uh, for those of you guys, for those of you guys that don't know, uh, we're, we're normally a podcast that focuses on Death Wish releases. We're going chronologically through everything, but occasionally we like to have these bonus episodes where we do a little something uh, different. And uh, this episode, like I said, it's it's going to be a fun one. We have a special guest, uh, Jeff. Hey, are you guys? Uh, can you hear me? I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So my shit, my, my shit is fucking up. Hold on. Okay, this it's is, fine. This is the best. I'll be able to, yeah, this is the best time. This is, <laughs> it'll be fine. Hello, hello. Oh, hello. It's gone. Hello. Oh, oh, he's gone. All right. So this is what I mean. Just keep recording. Mm-hmm. I'll be able to. Literally, I know exactly what I'm about to say. So, all can, right. He's can you back. hear me? Is that can hear you now? That's much better. Okay. Um, Hi, Jeff. Hey. Okay. So sorry. It's okay. Right. Yeah. It. So uh, so. This bonus episode, we wanted to do something cool. It's the first one of the year, uh, and we wanted to uh, have a loose interview kind of conversation situation with Mr. Justin Pearson. Uh, you might know him from such acts as Some Girls, The Locust, Swing Kids, Retox, Dead Cross, and Head Wound City. Also not on this list, Holy Molar. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Hi, Justin. Hey, guys. How are you? <laughs> good uh thank, thank good. you for coming on <laughs> yeah thanks yeah you you have kind of a, a long list of bands I, I i put as many as i could think of at the moment down <laughs> it's cool it keeps getting longer unfortunately yeah. no I, that's that's the curse of being a musician i guess <laughs> i have this long list that's really fucking yeah long. long long list of bands but that's that's how it goes yeah yeah i um i i started like three last year uh yeah. <laughs> like it's it's uh it's a little much um, but yeah, so, you know, we, we covered, we covered the band Some Girls quite a lot on this podcast, Justin, um, as I'm sure you're aware, we did three different episodes over the course, uh, uh of just Some Girls last year, right. uh, cause we, we, <laughs> so three episodes of the 40 we did were Some Girls. And yeah. so, um, we covered that's, the, it's almost a 10th of the episodes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we did the rains EP. We did the blues EP and then we did, uh, the, some, uh, oh, wow. Jeez. All my friends are going death, uh, compilation record. Mm-hmm. Um, for those of you who, I don't know why you're listening to this. If you don't know this, but Justin, you played bass in some girls. Yeah. Uh, I was just going to ask, um, we had a little bit of a communication before when we, I recorded one of these episodes and you gave me some background information, but just for people who maybe didn't hear that episode, you didn't officially join some girls until the blues EP, right? You're not on the rains EP. No. Yeah. So, um, yeah, just to like start with the beginning, um, I, mm-hmm. Rob gave me a, the, the demo of, uh, the demo recording of the music without vocals and asked if, um, 31 G wanted to release it. And I was like, and I just said, nah, you know, it wasn't my jam. And then, um, then it came out and I didn't know Wes at all. And I was like, Oh shit. It's like a a whole other record with, with vocals on it. And then I liked it. And I think I, I think I would have liked it regardless because of, um, because of Robin Sal. And then, so when I, when I heard the music, you know, they, they said, Hey, we're, we need, they needed a bass player. They had played one show 
with with another bass player. So they they said we have some shows, our second show, and we we want we want to know if they'll play bass. And I was like, yeah, of course. And and that was like the start of it, I guess. Yeah, I think that's that's, also, yeah. I think I think that Sal said originally um, their original plan was to have like a revolving door of bass players where mm. they just had a different one every show. It could have very me quick, out, ve- very quickly they were like <laughs> that sucks. They were like that idea sucks. We have to teach all these people this shit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's like so. yeah, I mean we might have a short set cuz this is a fucking grindy hardcore band but like I don't want to do that every goddamn show. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> all right, so yeah, you um I love that story that you, you, you did mention that me before is that you, you heard that original demo and you were like, no, nah, I'm good. <laughs> but, but <laughs> like, I just think the transformation, cause like I, I, um, the first time I heard the, the Reigns EP, uh, was definitely that re-recorded version, but somewhere out on the internet, I found a copy of like the demo quality versions yeah. of those songs. Yeah. And the transformation is pretty drastic. Yeah. Like it's like, um, so I could see it, but I, I think, I mean, that first EP is fantastic, but I, I really do feel that like uh, starting with the blues EP and then moving on to the newish songs that you guys did with uh, the, all my friends are going death. I think bringing you into the band, it, it, did you guys bring in a second guitarist at that time too? Is that when that happened? Um, not right away. So we, uh, you know, they had me play um, uh, just the live shows. And then I think, um, okay. You know, then they, they like, I think, my my idea was like uh as a joke was like fuck hardcore like let's get like a weirdo to play in the band you know and so right sure and so i you know i i thought of christopher from um who was in the crimson curse and and it's weird because there's a lot of like uh i guess tie-in kind of information because i felt like christopher's guitar playing um you know he had like he plays like these really weird chords or discordant chords and like kind, kind of like um heard it when i first when i first heard um um, Converge his Ch- Jane Doe. I was like, oh shit, they like play fucked up chords too. Like that's cool. Yeah, so, yeah, for so, sure. So like, I think like that was sort of like why I suggested Christopher um, join the band because he, he is more on like uh, the like the like my side of the world than like than like right. than like normal hardcore and and but also sure. like could kind of like integrate himself, you know. Um, so yeah, so Christopher right away, and then and you know and then like I mean I love the dude, but like he would forget the songs or forget his guitar or or something would happen <laughs> or or yeah, like I I I know that feeling. Yeah. So yeah. so then it was like on to the next guitar player, you know, and it's kind yeah. of um. So we yeah that's when that's when we got Chuck um who was in the plot to blow up the Eiffel Tower, and then he he became he was like kind of like the secret weapon um for for the band i thought in my in my opinion like as far as like songwriting him and i him and i worked really well and he also like did a lot of really cool shit with his um with, like he played through um like uh he played through two um harmonizer pedals so like ran one into the other and it like made this oh wild it made this like really almost like um almost sounded like a horn like a like a I don't know, like a horn or like a like a brass instrument. Like it was like a trumpet. Okay, I did, I, yeah, I was like like a car horn. Like yeah, no, like yeah, like like one that you play like a, a musician. Right, right. But like, but like you know, just kind of jacked up and and um mm-hmm. maybe a horn like in the world of like uh like like um like the contortions or something. You know, like something like that mm-hmm. where it was like 
right. it was like not nice, you know? And so, um, yeah, it's like, it's like this. And I, I love that idea too, because like that feel of like a brass instrument is supposed to be nice. It's like, <laughs> it's it, you not, know, it's supposed, yeah, it, it's, yeah. it's like, it's like warm, but then yeah. it's like, yeah. yeah. Like you, you think of brass and you think of like a nice, like symphony, yeah, yeah, <laughs> but yeah. it's like, no dude, it's not a nice instrument. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I think, yeah, yeah you know, I think immediately like we were just like experimenting with weird shit because I would like always have like a weird bass synth sound or something. And then, mm-hmm. and then we had, and then we had, you know, Chuck with like his, his effects. And then, and then kind of like Rob would hold the fort down with like normal, normal hardcore s- stuff. Right. Right. I was going to say, you, you, you <clears throat> said something to the effect of like, uh, Chuck and Chris were kind of like on your end of the thing. Mm-hmm. And like, in my mind, like Rob and Wes were maybe on the other end, having both been in somewhat more traditional hardcore bands, uh, and so like, right. I, I like the, the, the merging of the world is really cool mm-hmm. because, okay. So we, um, uh, for, for our listeners. So we have this Patreon, uh, and we did a, uh, episode on the heavens pregnant teens, uh, record that the full length that some girls did. And it was the first. So the differences between that record and the, all my friends are going death record are pretty, not like drastic. You could tell it's the same band. But like something that we talked about on that on that episode is like there's a lot more like discordant, like uh. abrasiveness. <laughs> right. Yeah. And it's like um, and so like the, the like you were just saying, I think maybe bringing in these other people like th- that, that sort of stuff started to shine through as you progressed as a band. Yeah, but, uh, if, but I, that, I, I see what you're saying, but I, I think everybody was on board to just fuck everything up. OK, so, okay. so like, gotcha. but, but I think I think with that being said, like. Maybe Wes and Rob were from the world of hardcore, like the normal, the normal, like, um, like standard world of hardcore or traditional. Sure. Right. Um, but, but with that being said, I think, uh, and I, and I hope I can speak for these guys appropriately, but like Rob being a San Diegan, like, you know, like I would go see unbroken play shows with slant six and click attack a And it totally made sense to everybody. And I think that like, right. you know, like even unbroken in themselves, like they looked like, Morrissey sounded like Slayer and were better than most other hardcore <laughs> bands. Um, right. you know, so, so I think Rob was like on board to like fuck with people, you know? And I think that's why he was kind of like, Oh yeah, let's get JP to play bass. And then like, didn't say like, quit fucking my band up by playing all this weird shit. <laughs> right. You know? right, so, right, 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 right. So then there's that. And then there's Sal, okay. then there's Sal who's like insane. And he is all about like, pranking people and like fucking everything up for the sake of fucking it up. Like <laughs> there's a, like there's a, um, to make things come full circle and, and if i'm talking too much just tell me to stop but like no no by all means like, uh, we, we have no you could talk as much as okay. you want like it doesn't matter okay well there's a his band secret fun club has a, a song uh uh something it's like i think i think a lot a lot of their ideas are really stupid but um the 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 the, 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 the song like structure is like somehow equates like if you count it out it likes it like it's karen O from the yeah, yeah, yeah's phone number. And I think they did some, they did some shit with Dave Lombardo's number too. Holy shit. What? Holy shit. So like Sal's like, oh yeah, let's swap with people. So like we're, we'll write stuff. And like, so again, like I love, I love like, like not nasty hardcore, you know, like I, I want to mm-hmm. play, like I was like, let's play in a band that's like nausea or fucking born against mm. or whatever. And so sure, yeah. or like, you know, like discharge, like that's cool discharge. And so like, we'll be playing something. We'll write, a, like a song and then and then rob will introduce like the mosh riff and i'm like that's rad but like fuck everyone will start moshing and then so sal's right. like so sal's like let's just play it one 
Like, yeah. you know, like here's the breakdown, the one, and then fucking stop. And then no one, it, all the people are moshing mid mosh. And then it's like the jokes yeah, on them. They don't know what to do. They're, they're all just like mid, like, Ugh! yeah. And <laughs> all right. So that's the thing where I think like, in if you look at everybody's like resume, I'm, I'm pretty sure like before some girls, like maybe Rob and Wes's bands probably wouldn't have done that, you know? So like, they're like, mm-hmm. oh, that's a great joke. Right. Let's do that. And then of yeah, course yeah. I'm like, yeah, that's a great joke. Let's do that. So that was kind of like, no, no, well, let's do it. <laughs> yeah. We talked about it. We talked about it on the heaven's pregnant teens episode uh, where I was like, this record feels like these people came to a collective decision to be like, you know what? Fuck all this bullshit. We're going <laughs> to make the, we're going to make the most like, you know, as much as we want. It's kind well, of how it felt like. It's like, we're going to do it as much as we want. I mean, like, if you whatever think about that it, thing like, is. But the, the, the like sort of uh, aspect of like the anti-musical aspect seems mm-hmm. seems like not that in- intense. Like you like for me, like if you, if I listen to like a shitty band like Earth Crisis, like there's nothing mm-hmm. musical. It's just like fucking palm muting for like. Right, a whole right, right, record, sure, you know, sure. and you're like, <laughs> and you're like, uh, that's boring, you know. I don't, I don't know, like it doesn't seem musical yeah, to me, you know. For for, for me, wh- I guess what I was saying was like, uh, the band didn't seem anti-musical; it seemed anti-status quo, which is kind of like like what you know, like the, you know, so many hardcore punk bands like were representing that idea, but like this was like anti uh, that status quo, yeah. You know, but I like, think maybe a lot of people did weren't is like. Um, able to grasp that like you just said mm-hmm. I, I, yeah, like right. we felt right, like yeah, I'm, of, I'm look I'm, I'm looking backwards on it you know after the past 15 years sure. of bands because at the time it was like band. at the time every american nightmare and unbroken fan was like fuck this band and yeah, I they were probably, like, yeah i could i could see it, it yeah, yeah. <laughs> and a lot of them were probably like fuck that dude that jacked up the band after the second yeah. after the first record you know like right. this justin asshole yeah. yes. but it wasn't my fault yes. i mean they were just they let right. me do it you're ruining what i like well and, um, and, and, yeah I, I i but to be completely honest in retrospect i think like i think the blues kind of sucks compared to the rains and and uh, i'm like oh we fucked up you know and so we had to like mm-hmm. so and i and i even think to be honest, it's weird. I think like I'll hear Rob say like the, the DNA EP is the best stuff that the band wrote. And I think there's good stuff on there, but I think to me, the best stuff is the rains and heaven's mm-hmm. pregnant teens. And those, and yeah, those okay. two are like, I think those two are like without, I can say that the range is flawless because I'm not on it and that's fine. But mm-hmm. like, and I don't want to sound like a fucking douche, but like, I think that heaven's pregnant teens is like a flawless hardcore record. Um, I don't want to say flawless, like, like the best thing ever. Cause I, I don't want to suck my own dick, right, but right. I think it's flawless. Like, I think it's a fucking ripper of a record and like, that's cool or whatever, you know, but and how, how rare is it for a musician to feel like, you know, like so often I feel like when you put out a record, uh, in my experience, at least I've put out a record and been like, ah, there's a couple things that I wish that it was just different. You know, I wish we had done something different and like, it's cool to be able, like you said, to like, look back on it and be like, I fucking love that record. Like, I love how it was done. I love it uh, from top to bottom, you know? Yeah. It's hard because I, I can't say that for like, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I'll, I'll, I'll say like, you know, there's locust shit where I'm like, what the fuck, you know, or like, you know, other <laughs> records, even like dead cross, definitely like, I would say that, but like, but like with heaven's kind of teens, I don't know what it was, man. Like, I think it like kind of was able to kind of grab every, every, everything we needed mm-hmm. to do. And, and oddly enough, it was like such a weird time because like when we were writing, 
we were halfway done with the record and and it was funny because i think rob like had already kind of checked out and we kept like regurgitating these riffs and these 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 like shit was sounding the same and i remember like um getting just kind of pissed and frustrated and, mm-hmm. and being like fuck it sal play this drum beat to this thing and then we just wrote death face and i was like we're gonna play this for 10 minutes and there's the other <laughs> there's the second half of the record and like you know yep. yeah that, it is literally like a third of the record no like a half of the record is that song yeah and people yeah, i was people hated it at first like people were of course fucking hit it and i thought it was the best thing ever so um i am um, i actually have a story about uh death face in here in valdosta there was a uh it was it's like a restaurant but it had a bar and they had punk shows at it it's called the blue pub and uh all the people that worked there behind the counter and the servers <laughs> and the cooks were all were all punkers you know yeah. and uh, of course and so they had a juke this was before like internet jukeboxes were super popular but they had one that connected to the internet uh. so one of them downloaded heaven's pregnant teens uh onto the jukebox and when they had a bunch of like bro assholes in the bar <laughs> they would go they would go put death face on on yeah. repeat yeah and they would literally death face the bar until yeah. like that crowd like left that the, was kind of the, the point of the song yeah exactly it's like fuck <laughs> fuck off yeah you know i mean and, uh, think about like think about doing that live to, to the audience like you're, exactly you know, because we would play shows and as soon as someone would fucking cross us we're like that's it we're not playing yeah, the rest of done. these songs no no we we're, were, we're, like, we're done we're with regular songs it. yeah we're yep. doing that you know <laughs> actually we're the, gonna keep playing our set but we're gonna only play death face yeah the, we, the band that jeremy and i are in when we first started like it, it was we were surrounded it was like a hardcore punk band and we were surrounded by just like dudes in gym shorts and tank tops, you know, <laughs> uh-huh. like that was everything around us. And if they were fighting like just for no reason at every show. So we we had this song called Game Changer. And it was kind of that where it was like as soon as a fight started, we would stop playing what we were playing and play that song because it was yep. about how you're going to fuck this up for everybody. That's yeah. like, you know. It was like, stop it. You're fucking it up. It was all right, like all right a, you're going to yeah, hear the like same song you. again, assholes. Here yeah. comes. <laughs> yeah. But, um, so, oh, so you were uh, saying, you were saying, um, nope, lost it. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, what we were, uh, you know, so death, so we, they started on death wish before you, and then, uh, another EP was released and then the, uh, all my friends are going death, death, uh, death. Yeah. But, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Then, uh, you know, you eventually moved on to three, one G, you know, your label and then on to epitaph, you know, was there any particular reason for the move or was it just like a natural progression or just better opportunities or, um, I think like, I'm trying to think of like the time of it because I know at one point we, we, um, it had to have been before the, the DNA EP came out. So I think like we toured with converge and I, mm-hmm. I think, um, okay. It was us and 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 um, modern life as war, and we didn't get along with modern life as war, and um, hmm. and I think that's an interesting bill. <laughs> I don't know. It made. Like, I mean, we seemed like the weird ones on it, but uh, and and uh, we definitely felt like the weird ones. There was a lot of like right. stupid shit going on, but I think we pissed everybody off, including like gotcha. including like probably some people in Converge, and I think so like being Converge and that they're, you know, Jake's label and stuff. I think we were just kind of right, like, right. Uh, let's just do this record on, on 3-1-G. And then... I see, <clears> I see. And then I, I... For some reason, I think the Epitaph thing came about because... Well, obviously because of the Locust. And I think they were, like, 
kind of in mm-hmm. talks with with uh doing like give up the ghost record or something because they okay. wes already knew him and knew brett mm-hmm. and stuff so it seemed sure. like a no-brainer and to be honest like um the locust struggled with 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 being on anti which isn't even epitaph mm-hmm. proper and so i had i had never released anything uh i had never been on anything on epitaph and it was it was really strange because the amount of shit we got from people for being on anti the locust um was mm-hmm. super fucked up and then i was like oh but dillinger and converge can be on it and so it's fine mm-hmm. so it was kind of weird how that how that worked out so then by the time yeah. the epitaph was a was an option we were like oh shit like we, we could do that and no one will like shit all over us you know and like we can kind of do a record with them and the thing that was i think the selling point for for me was um and this will really stick with me is like um um uh Brett came to see us play at Troubadour and it was another one of those shows. Like we were on, we were opening for like, um, the explosion or, or them and like, um, death by stereo or something like, so, I don't mm-hmm. know. We were the odd band and, and Brett, right. and it was, so it was like, it was kind of like intense and Brett came and was like, he was like, you know, he's like, I've seen every band. He's like, I've seen the germs and black flag. Right. And he's like, he's like, that was like seeing thinking man's black flag. Or no, he called it, maybe he didn't call it thinking man. Maybe he called it like working man's, I don't know, something like that. Uh, damn. And so That's I, was crazy. Like, Being good. I was like, fuck. Having Brett compare you to Black Flag, you're like, okay, yeah. all right. And that was yeah. like, but the thing is like, and I kind of also like, I appreciated him saying like, are like equating us to Black Flag, but I also was like, well, what do you mean? Like TV party Black Flag? Or like, what the fuck are we talking about? You know, <laughs> right, right. can we just yeah. only talk about like damaged and like leave it at right. that, you know? <laughs> so, so it was, I was, I was like, thanks, you know, like, but yeah. I, I see what he was saying. And, and it was like a, a really nice um, thing to hear from someone who I feel is like from that, that era, you know? And I, I it wasn't like, sure. it wasn't like just some, like, it wasn't like one of us, you know, like he's older than yeah, us. Yeah. He, he saw exactly. that shit. It holds so, more weight. Like he yeah, was there. Yeah. So it was cool to hear that. And I think, I think we were just kind of like, fuck yeah, let's do this. You know, and of course the record flopped as far as like, you know, it, their concerns were. And then we broke up like pretty quick after, after right. that came out. Sure. So. Right. Um, but yeah, I was gonna, I, I was gonna <clears throat> say, um, the, like, like you just said, the band ended like pretty quickly after that record came out. Um, but was there more material in the works that was a, that was scrapped or like, did any of the, of those ideas make it into any other projects or anything like that? Yeah. There's like a, we did a BBC session where there's, um, at least one song that was never recorded in on, on it. Um, okay. uh, I think it was called get off the dove. And then we had like, re- we had like demoed another one that I don't, it was just called PIL. I don't know why I mean, it had something to do with PIL or something, but, um, we were totally going in like a like a full on other direction because the last actual the actual like last show we played was one of those like death face kind of things where like we mm-hmm. we went into it like trying to death face people but we also went into it with like another new guitar player and right. um actually we had fucking I don't even know what the hell we were doing anyhow new guitar players and like uh and Wes had all this like noise gear and so it was it was like another avenue of, of stuff and so the new music we had written was like very um um i don't know like i don't know how to like it was like very like mid-tempo and like a lot of like um just super strange chords like it was it was very uh i guess in like the terms of like considering hardcore it was very artsy you know like 
it was very yeah, it was gotcha. like very moody and musical and not 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 like i mean it had like a pretty like the songs all had like sick beats but it wasn't like it wasn't like you know the beat that like american nightmare played on all their songs like it wasn't like that sure. you know like there was like there was like some kind of complexity to it like so again like where it's like you know sal's probably like kind of taking cues from like i don't know other drummers like like maybe like mario rubicaba or something which i i'm not sure like normal hardcore drummers would would be like let's do that you know like right they, yeah no i don't think so yeah <laughs> so okay um, um yeah so it was like that and it was like that the fact that we were changing our music and then the lineup was changing again. I think we were just like, fuck this, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So I, when I was talking to Sal through email, I, I did ask, cause you know, I didn't, I didn't know. I was like, why did the band break up? And I, we don't have to go into it too deep or anything like that. But he basically, he was just like, you know, there was band drama and we'll just leave it at that. But with you mentioning like the revolving door of kind of guitar players and like maybe this like burnout feeling that that seems to have kind of a culminated in the end of the band. Am I misreading that or? Yeah, I mean, it's a lot of stuff. I think everybody was just yeah. kind of moving on like right. into different yeah. different directions. I mean, I think it, no offense to the other guitar players that we got, because I think everybody that played in the band was was fantastic. But I think if we could like somehow could have like got chuck and rob to keep playing in the band it could have it could have kept it going you know but it, i can i can absolutely see that yeah gotcha. because a lot of it was a lot of it coming back to like sal and i writing the songs that that we had kind of wrote already we needed i think we needed rob and chuck to to help us write you know and to mm -hmm. keep it to keep yeah. it like some girls otherwise it's like this is the new band yeah. Right, exactly. Yeah. Rob leaving, I I definitely could like he was on every release. So it's like you you lose that core guitar player and he's gone. And it's like is this a, just another band? Like this is a yeah. whole another band at this point. You know what I mean? Which, which is kind of, of a, weird. And no offense to Rob, but like we were like in the middle of of like uh you know kind of starting to work with like uh you know Alex Newport to be the producer and stuff. And Rob's like, I'm, I'm going to move and, and quit. And we're just like, what the fuck? You know? So then we yeah. like, oh. <laughs> we had already like, we were like ready to record. And so it's like, okay, right, well, we're going to exactly. see this through and we can't just not be a band. Like, so we, we right, automatically right. like had to get another guitar player, you know, Bummer. the the machine was already moving. It was already the, the you couldn't stop. Like, it was just like, it was already happening. Kind of. Right. I mean, just for the sake that like, I know how it is to put out a record and then, you know, on three, one G and then the band never fucking play. Like, I, right, I, right, of course. I didn't want to be like that to epitaph and, and my friends at epitaph, you know, and I didn't want to, mm -hmm. I don't know. I, and, and also too, I like thought that the record yeah, there, was there, so... there are obligations made, you know, like, sure. You know, try, I mean, people have spent money. Yeah. But a lot of people just don't give a fuck and they'll, they'll just right. don't care. Oh, totally. You know, but, no, totally. Um, um, I told Jeremy this, but I, um, when that record came, when oh. heaven's pregnant teens came out, but anyway, when that record came out, I was uh, in college and I was working at a college radio station and uh, a copy of Heaven's Pregnant Teens came across my desk and I was like, what the fuck is this? What yeah. <laughs> is this? Like literally, like I, I had no experience with with any of your bands at that point. And I was just like, I can't play this. I can't play this on on this 
Abraham Baldwin <laughs> Agricultural College radio station. Yeah. <laughs> and I, but I was like, it's crazy to think about like how that existed in the world where like record labels, PR companies were sending physical CDs to to radio stations, you know, and like that's that's how I found out about some girls originally. That's cool. Like, yeah, it's crazy. Like it just uh, it was just like a. It was like a one that somebody packaged and wrote our fucking address on it somehow <laughs> and sent it to us, you know? Yeah. But um, um, I want something I wanted to mention about uh, Heaven's Pregnant Teens. We talked about it on the uh, that Patreon episode. Um, the artwork for that record is is uh, me and Jeff talked about it, like it's semi iconic for us. We both were very <laughs> drawn to that artwork. Like it's just like something about it just really pops. And it made me think about how the artwork on all of the some girls releases, uh, seem to be like somewhat like provocative. I, I don't know if that's the right word, just, but like in different ways, like neither, none of them are really the same. Obviously the blues and the range are very mm -hmm. much the same, but that's a whole different thing. Um, I was just going to ask, I don't know how involved you were with the art direction of the band or anything like that, but was this like a conscious choice or just something that kind of like happened or? Yeah. I mean, like, so, you know, um, the rains came out and, and I, you know, I, and I thought it was a great record and, and, um, I, I never really cared like a whole lot for the cover and stuff. I thought it was like, I thought it was fine. But then when they presented like the blues as like the, as like a thematic kind of thing i was like oh shit that's yeah. that's cool like and i and i and i really appreciated it and to me it kind of felt like a lot of stuff that rob and wes were into like like kind of had that like weird brit pop like it almost seemed like mm -hmm. like pulp or or uh i don't know like whatever those fucking bands are that they that they like no, totally yeah i like pulp a lot like but when, that's about it like when you said when you said brit pop i was like oh wow yeah that like, so yeah kiss, it, kissing on a park bench you yeah know, like that that kind of thing <laughs> I think it like it like had its own thing, and so then I, I remember like when we did the DNA, uh, I was already working with a friend of mine um, with three one G stuff. So like it was this guy Nick Pritchard from Metro C, uh, who um, who actually worked at Epitaph, um, which was which is another reason I think why we ended up signing with them. But he he sure. was the one that I was like, oh, this dude's got rad like skills. Like we should hit him up and see if he'll do it. And so we were all kind of like. I think everybody was just ju like juiced up on doing like something completely fucking stupid, you know? And like, like, you know, what is that? A Pegasus with guts and then like the bunnies and yeah. all that fucking shit, you know, and a rainbow and it's a ridiculous album. Sure. Art. Yeah, I yeah. mean, and then, and then like, even to like an extent of that, like sort of like time of the band, like we went on tour and, and Rob and Wes were like, Oh, let's have fucking pink care bear shirts. Let's say some girls. <laughs> and I, and I thought like, I mean, Again, like I see, like I think that they kind of come from another world where, like, a lot of unbroken stuff was like ripping off or like making like mock, uh, you know, like Smith's album covers and like right, right, shit like that. Yeah, you yeah know? that's something very common. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so I, I was kind of like, the I don't know, fucking like, Joy Division shirt. Sure, and it, I mean that's cool and all, but like mm -hmm. I, I'd rather just like make something new and but but like exactly. But I was also like into the the like sort of like joke idea of like hardcore dudes wearing fucking pink Care Bear shirts. Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay, yes. I, I'll get behind this for, for right now, you know? Right. So I think once that record came out, I was like, dude, this shit, like our next record is so much more meaner and like, it's evil. Like we need to kind of like do that. And I think, mm -hmm. you know, I think it was kind of like, I think maybe probably Wes had like the concept of like a pregnant nun smoking. Mm -hmm. And then, and then, so we asked Nick Pritchard again to like do the artwork and, and that was that, you know? And I think it, I think he nailed it, you know? 
Of course. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, like J- Jeremy was talking about it and I was like, dude, when we re-listened to this for the for the Patreon, I was like, I don't remember this lady being so nice looking. Like I was like, I remember her eyes being gouged out and like a cigarette in her mouth. Yeah. And he <laughs> yeah. was like, he was like, Oh, that's that's a that's another picture in the booklet. And I was like, yeah. Okay, good. Because yeah. I'm glad I didn't make that up because I uh, <laughs> I definitely remember it. Um, yeah, for me, that album art sticks in my head so well because um when the, when did that record come out 2006 um anyways i i was i was younger uh, i'm only i'm 30 years old so like let's just say it came out in 2006 i was 16 uh i was definitely uh living in south georgia with no internet and my only accessibility to like or to m- new music was like alternative press magazine uh, right yeah and so <laughs> right right but I'm, I'm giving you the the time yeah, and place yeah, you know yeah. what i mean so but that is how I heard of some girls yeah. was an ad for that, ma- for that album in that magazine yeah. and seeing the art and being like, Oh shit. Like, yeah. like it really like stood out to me so much so that like when we, um, like when I, I like got into the band a little bit later and I was like, Oh shit, this is the, like, I didn't listen to you at the time, but it's like, I listened to you later and I was like, this is the fucking advertisement from alternative press yeah, right. it's just like it like the the imagery i i really really do love the, the that right. album art it's well it's and, very and, cool and to, to kind of circle back with the alternative press thing is like um i don't know if you guys are if you guys know jason Pettigrew who who works for um, he used to work for them yeah right? so, yeah he works there he he's a brilliant man who gets it you know and like he he um that dude gets it and he that's the reason why i think we were even occasionally featured in there you know but like he mm-hmm, was always right. smart and and had ways to like sneak in like Orthrealm or lightning bolt or like all the fucking weird shit you know and right. like you're like okay like and and i think you know i i love jason and i think alternative press serves a really important purpose because it was getting to people like the 16 year old you or like yeah, kids yeah. that didn't have like access to weird shit and they were like right. they would buy it because of fucking i don't know like what is it like the disco what is the um Panic at the Disco. Yeah, whatever that fucking band is. She like absolutely. You know, sure, they, they yeah. would buy it for that and be like, and then they would see the ad or like a mention of something totally gnarly and be like, whoa, what's mm-hmm. that? And like that was that's the that's important. You know, I I really one hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I um that is exactly what it was. So I I was from a very small town in Georgia where the only music scene that we had uh consisted of either pop punk or like southern metalcore bands mm. right so that was that was it and that, that was like and so like that's what i was drawn but i was drawn to that because i just i liked alternate and so i start but i started going to warp tour and that's how i found out about other bands but alternative press was so important but i would constantly look through the like uh advertisements and the like new release stuff just to find bands that were new to me and all that stuff because it's like it was the only i didn't have internet i didn't have a computer until i was well in high school you know what i mean like so it was just like and i didn't have a uh i would i was not from a big city so i didn't have that built-in like network of friends or uh like a scene to introduce me to that stuff right Uh, it wasn't really until i i I moved uh, to atlanta in college that i like really like expanded out like all that stuff but yeah Seeing some girls in alternative press is 100% like, I don't know. It's, it is a very important thing. It's just like a defining thing for me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, um, um, I was going to say, uh, so here's the thing. It's not some girls, uh, related, but it is you related. I, uh, when I read, uh, the book from the, uh, from the graveyard of the arousal industry, I remember at a point you said, 
you you know you found yourself found your way to a house where the house part is happening i think you're following your brother and somebody this guy next to you was like this is the house where uh, slayer lives mm. and I, I always like when i when i heard that dave lombardo had joined dead cross i was like fuck man like what is it like to have like that experience where it's like this is the house where slayer lives and then playing a band with a dude you know the fucking dave lombardo from slayer so when when this interview came about i was like fuck i gotta ask him that because i've been wondering about it for like literally years <laughs> yeah uh i mean i don't know man it's one of those things where like i kind of look at I, I i look at life and i and i think like how the fuck did I get here? You know, like, like, this, right. <laughs> like, like, it's not like this certain thing that I'm involved in is like weird. I'm just like, how did I get here? Like, this is right. You know, but I, I, I maybe like everybody thinks like that too, or I don't know what everybody thinks, but I mean, as a child, it was like, uh, I, I had kept seeing these like metal dudes down the street driving around in, in, right. my, in my neighborhood. And so like, I knew that these guys lived over there and I didn't know anything about, I don't, I mean, I knew who Slayer was. I knew, I knew of, um, the show no mercy record. Uh, that was the only thing mm, I, sure. I think was out at that time. And, and then it's funny because, okay, so I went to the party because my friend's brother owed him money. Um, and right. we wanted to go, I don't know what we, we needed money for something records or whatever. And so, um, <laughs> yeah, right. his, his older brother was a drug dealer and was sold weed and stuff. And so we went there and, and that was how that happened. Like I, and I right. still didn't even know who the people were. I just remember like, I remember like them just saying like, yo, this is like where Slayer, the, they just said the, they just said where Slayer lives. So I was like, okay, like, uh -huh. fuck, I guess these people are all Slayer. <laughs> but I mean, the, my, my vision, <laughs> my, my memories were mainly of the, of the girls because they kept kind of like, like laughing at me in a, in a, not like haha funny way, but like they thought we were like cute or something like cute, like right. little, like we were fucking little, yeah, like, like, like children, like miniature cute boys. I looked like a, I looked like a, an 11 year old version of Sid Vicious. And, and I, <laughs> and I think like, I guess I understand why they would say that. So, so um, my, my, my right. main, because the, the dudes didn't give a fuck, you know, like, but it was the girls that were like, right. Oh my God, they're cute. And so I, that was like where my attention was. Um, So it wasn't till like, later that i started processing like oh shit and then it was like later on when i became friends with dave like before dead cross right. like when, when we were we toured the locust and phantom us toured i mm -hmm. remember like kind of like just you know hanging out i mean like dude so hey like this happened to me when i was a child you know and um and he's like oh weird we didn't all live in arizona only um only uh tom Araya lived there for like a brief time and and Interesting. and um and, and, and I was like, oh, I'm Phoenix. Like, okay. You know, he's like, yeah, just, I don't, and I don't, I don't really know why or what, what happened, but, um, um, so that was his house, uh, or he lived there. Wow. Whatever, okay. I guess. That's so crazy. Uh, and then, um, yeah, but like, you know, Dave didn't care. Right. <laughs> you know, he was like, whatever. Right, right, yeah. Like, cool. <laughs> yeah. Whatever. No. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, and then now, like, I mean, I love the dude and we're like, you know, right. he's like family to me. So yeah. Yes. It's very cool. What was more fascinating to me is to hear all these like super fucked up Slayer stories from Dave. And I was like, dude, right. I, <laughs> like I kind of got like bummed on the band. I'm like, fuck that. Oh, yeah. Oh, no. yeah. 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 Um, sucks. I, I, I did. I, I, I've only, I've seen Slayer one time um, last year. They came through Tampa and it was on their, not their last tour, but the basically the last tour. Yeah. And like, yeah. uh, I remember this story that Jeff told me from the one time he saw him where they had um, uh, 
they had like upside down crosses made of Marshall stacks mm. or whatever. And like, that's all that had always been in my mind. I was like, man, I hope that happens or something crazy like that. And instead of that, they had these fire jets that made upside down crosses of fire. Oh. And I was like, that's amazing. That's amazing. <laughs> so the best thing I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. So ridiculous. <laughs> I love it. It's so silly. Uh, but anyways, um, back, I just had like kind of one more, like some girls related question ish. Um, so at the time, uh, like when you were in some girls, um, I know you were in, like you've been in multiple bands kind of throughout your life. Uh, some girls was hyperactive Were any of your other bands at the time hyperactive. I mean, I know the locust is still a band and obviously still a thing, but it's just like, were you doing stuff with the locust mm-hmm. at the exact same time as some girls? Was that difficult to, to like balance multiple, like super active bands? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Anything like that? I was just, I was just curious <laughs> if you were like balancing stuff, like a bunch of stuff all at the same time. Well, um, I, I don't know if like, um, I don't think I ever really like, had the concept of balancing. I think like even when I was in Swing Kids, I was also in The Crimson Curse and then kind of like in The Locust here and there. Like, so it it was always like two bands. So when I was in Some Girls, I was in The Locust. And I remember like actually being on tour with Some Girls and I, we had, The Locust had just recorded um, uh, New Erections and and there mm-hmm. was there was there was a, a, a chunk of vocals missing from one of the songs. And I had already left town to go to go on tour. And I, and I thought everything was done. And the producer was like, hey, like we have a problem with this song. It's mixing. It's missing these vocals. And um, and we need in yours and we need you to sing the, the, the last of this because they were sending me mixes like every night. I'd have to again, I don't think the Internet was like norm, normally like it is now. So I have to like go find a you know, I'd have to right. like, I'd have to like approve these mixes on tour, you know, of, of new erections. So at some point I remember it would like being like Thanksgiving and, um, on, on that tour, it was the one that I mentioned with, with Converge and, uh, uh-huh. and we were in, uh, so on Thanksgiving we had off or something and, and I, and I, we had to go to Kurt's, um, studio in, in, in wherever Kurt from Converge's studio is and, and record yeah. just like fucking two lines or something you know like it was like just this little i was like like where the hell did those you know two lines but we also got west to sing it so west sang uh some backups on one of the songs i don't even remember, That's cool. remember what song it is but so like um you know i mean i was still active with the locust but it was like mm-hmm. i think we had like you know the like heaven's pregnant teens just came out and 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 new erections like wasn't out yet so like everybody like each band was like active or, or taking a break because we were just mm. active. So it wasn't like, uh, gotcha. it wasn't like complicated or anything, you know? Right. And also too, with the locust, I mean, I think like, you know, for, for most of the time, like, you know, Joey was, Joey was in Le Shock and, and, and Gabe was in cattle decapitation. And so it wasn't like, yeah. it was never like too insane. Like everybody was kind of cool with everything. And, um, same with, um, I mean, same with some girls. Cause I think for a while, you know, Wes was in some girls and, and, I guess, give up the ghost. I remember being on tour when he quit, give up the ghost. So he was obviously still in that band at some point sure. and, and both of them, you know? Um, but for me, I, I, I always like thought like, well, man, that's gotta be kind of hard for West because it's like his, his job for both of those bands is very identical. So like for me, yes. I do think that the locust was a little bit more uh, obscure and strange musically speaking than, and I also, and I also sing in the band. So I, so I'd ha- so I had like, other duties than with some girls, but some girls, I felt like it was a little bit more, 
um, it was less technical. And so like the stuff I would write would kind of, if I wrote something and I was like, oh, this is pretty simple. And like, just sounds like, I don't know, whatever, like a machine, like a machine, or it sounds like, you know, whatever this would, this would be good mm-hmm. for some girls where like, if it's like, this sounds kind of zany and like, sounds like a spaceship that should be probably like locust shit, you know? Right. So it wasn't like, <laughs> it wasn't like a complication, you know, gotcha. for me necessarily. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was just curious. Cool. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, uh, well, you know, we've been, oh, wow. We've been recording for like 45 minutes already. Um, I just got a couple other kind of like general questions. Uh, current, you current justin pearson like um your label 31g are you um like i i I didn't realize because i mean i've heard of 31g for years i've listened to bands on it and stuff like that but i never realized that there was uh someone else involved other than you is sal involved with 31g yeah i mean he he is sort of involved (laughs) uh i don't mean to bring up sorry (laughs) no i mean he is he actually technically owns a, a third of the label but he doesn't really um do much day to day and so it's he's got like a career job and and mm-hmm. and then he's got like a real band secret fun club and then he's got a couple not serious bands i think so like um but but like so for me it's like every day seven days a week it's like i do 31g work like that's that's it so right. i mean sure, he sure, runs sure. it kind of like when i'm like hey dude can you fucking do this and then he'll do it you know? <laughs> Right. Yeah, I guess that's probably why I've always associated you with that label mm-hmm. rather than anyone else. Is that that makes a lot of sense. And then uh, as far as others, uh, as far as the label <coughs> is concerned, we did get a couple um, uh, uh, listener questions, okay. and uh, one of them was related to to your label. And it was uh, hold on, let me find it real quick. Um, sorry. Uh, oh yeah, like. As far as your label is concerned, uh, like what do you consider like hidden gems on the label? Hmm. And are there any <laughs> are there any new bands that you're you have kind of on the horizon that you're interested in working with uh, or, or you're, you know, whatever? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so uh, hidden gems are cool. I think um, I have two that I don't I don't know, like I don't necessarily know. Hid- hidden gems me- to me seems like a band that like most people haven't seen live and the record sales suck. And I think like, that doesn't make sense. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, so <laughs> yeah, sure. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's a great explanation. <laughs> uh, so the, the two main <laughs> hidden gems are, would, would be um, Warsaw was raw. I think that like, to me, I, I listened to that Warsaw was raw LP. And I think if every single person that likes converge heard this record, they would fucking buy it and maybe no offense to converge, but like maybe like it more probably. Okay. Um, I mean, call me a dick or whatever. Not you, but like whoever, <laughs> no, 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 no. Like whoever's hearing this can be like, fuck you. And and no offense to Converge, <laughs> but I'm like, that Warsaw was raw LP is two people and it's fucking super punishing and brutal. And I and I don't know if Converge could do that as a two-piece. Like when you hear it. I, you, uh, so anyhow, yeah, there's, sorry, there's that aspect. And then seeing that band live, you're like, what the fuck, man? You guys really pulled that shit off as a two-piece <laughs> and it sounded sick and it didn't sound like empty or... It was just like one of those bands where you're like, this is this is fucked. Like it makes you like not want to play music anymore or makes oh, you think like yeah. my band fucking sucks. I got to do something urgent <laughs> that, to change. That's, this. How I, that's how I feel. There's a band from Venezuela called Zeta. And that's how I feel every time I see them, dude. I'm just like, you fucking assholes. Yeah. It's just so good at <laughs> yeah. like everything. Yeah. Like, yeah. All right. Well, I'll be at home practicing 
Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, we're, uh, we're Star Wars are also the one, and then and then Geronimo, I think, is my, my other like sort of one. Okay, and I and a lot of it like Geronimo's like I think most people that probably listen to music could be like fuck this you know like it's so <laughs> it's so challenging but like it's something else like when i first the first geronimo album when i when when they gave me the the they gave me the record or the the demo or the the cdr to like see if we'd release it i was like this is everything i've always wanted to hear in a band uh, yes like let's do this and then See? of course like we put out we just recently put out their new album <clears throat> um and it's just it's it's not, I don't even know how to explain it. Like, it's like nothing else. So like, right. that's really nice to hear. And I, well, I wish, I, that, I, I wish I, there I'm was excited. a, I wish there was a CD sticker that said the quote that you said on it <laughs> that just said, I feel like <laughs> most people that listen to music would be like, fuck this. Like that's the quote on the <laughs> <Yeah>. CD. <laughs> Justin Pearson. <laughs> yeah. just, that's yeah. a great that's, hype sticker. <laughs> uh, yeah. That's the hype sticker in Sam Goody. <laughs> I mean, I, for fans the thing of is this, nothing else, that's funny because like, I'm like, let's do that. Like that's what, yeah, let's absolutely. Put that like, on like, there, you know, you like, know how yeah. many fucking kids will buy it? Like, I, I mean, if I saw that on a, if, if, four, if, if, there if, we go. if 15 year old me saw that in a record store, I'd be like, I kind of need to hear this. Yeah. Yeah. There, that's how we get Geronimo to stop being a hidden gem. There you it gotta is. have the right hype sticker. <laughs> Wait, I wonder if there's like jingle writers for hype stickers. Can that be? <laughs> Can we do that? Yeah. Oh, fuck. All right. Well, um, so a couple other listener questions. Um, we had, uh, let's see. Um, our friend, uh, we have a, we have a friend, uh, Jed, who's uh, from Lancaster, uh, Lancaster, uh, California. And he asked, because I have to keep it local, what was it like working with Kevin Avery? Oh, I still work uh, with Kevin he, Avery. Right. So he says, uh, so for, for some context, Avery is slash was the drummer for Retox, uh-huh. but he's from Lancaster. Uh-huh. Big time proud of our yeah. local boy for getting yeah. such a good gig. <laughs> okay. So um, first of all, um, he was the last drummer for Retox and then we broke up, but he is the current drummer for Planet B. And oh, okay, so, nice. um, yeah. And um, he's also probably going to do other um, projects with me. I'm sure like at one point, this thing that I have that I'm part of called satanic planet was going to have him play drums. Um, but no offense to Ke- Kevin, but Dave's in the band now Lombardo. So oh, yeah. maybe. <laughs> yeah. it's a little, but with yeah. that being said, like Kevin is one of the most amazing drummers, one of the most amazing people. And um, man, I have a really good story about him. If, if, if it's okay. Um, no, let's hear it. Okay. <laughs> okay. So, um, Retox has had uh, three drummers, actually four. Sal from Some Girls was in Retox for a minute, just for a tour, and then he he couldn't commit um, to being in the band. But um, so our first drummer was Gabe Serbian. He quit like pretty early on, and then we got this guy Brian Evans, and Brian Evans was like the dude for a while, um, <clears throat> but he was sort of difficult and um, kind of not the best human being, but like a great drummer. So we kind of dealt with it. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Uh, the last the last full U.S. tour that the band did. Uh, Brian ended up quitting 
like most of them, like we were almost done, but he quit like before the tour was over, but like stuck it out and like played the shows like a professional and then, and then cut out. And so we were like, fuck man, like it's going to be kind of crazy to replace someone that's like as gnarly as that, you know, because for one, like we thought, oh, we're not gonna be able to replace Gabe. And then we got Brian and then, then we were like, fuck, we're not gonna be able to replace Brian. And then so (laughs) like a month or so passed or something, like a little bit of time passes. And then I get this email from someone who I don't know. And it's just a video and there's no, there's no like, Hey, I'm Kevin or anything. Just nothing. It's just a video and an email. And it's like, it's like this dude playing one or two of our songs. Um, and he's playing an acrylic drum set. Um, and he's got long hair. looks just like Brian looks just like his drum set. But I'm like, fuck, is that Brian? He looks like a little bit more handsome. And then I was like, and also I realized that the drum set, Brian's drum set was like a smoke acrylic and this, and then, and, and Kevin's was clear. So I was like, Man, it looks so much like Brian, but like, it's, it's like not like Bizarro, Bizarro yeah. Brian. So I, I wrote the guy back, and I was like, "Hey, dude, like this video is very impressive, but like, who are you? Or like, what do you? Yeah. What? What? <laughs> I don't understand. How, what's happening? How did you get this number? How did you get this number?" <laughs> and, and so he wrote back, and he was like, "Oh, weird. Uh, Brian told me to send you the this uh, send me send you a video of me playing the songs to see if uh, you guys wanted me to join." And I was like, "What the fuck? We haven't even talked to that guy since our last show." <laughs> like, so like, no offense, or, or, or like to say like thank you to Brian as much as it was like a butthole as he was and a fuckhead. He really came through like like with mm-hmm. like respectfully leaving the band. Like he was like, all right, right here's my right. replacement. And like we looked at it as like, Jesus, we just we fucking totally like we like made out because like we got a new a new drummer who's like definitely as good, if not, I think better. And also he had a better sounding kit. Like when he played the songs, I was like, holy shit, like that sounds great. Like because Brian <laughs> Brian was kind of like more like he would do shit where he would like take um like he would get like two rides and use them as a fucking hi-hat. It's two hi-hats. No, sure. And you're yeah, like, dude, that right, sounds stupid. Right. But he was like all about like <laughs> flashing, like being like, check me out, you know, and you're right. like, dude, that sounds like dog shit. Uh, you know. <laughs> so so anyhow, we had like a better sounding drummer and and he was a more handsome drummer and and he was like well real well mannered and like we're just like, God, this is fucking great, you know. Really lucked out. <laughs> yeah. And so you're like up you're like upgraded. Totally. But then we broke up. So whatever. But, but luckily, like he ended up joining uh, Planet B with with um, with for the, you know, for as like a real drummer, because we didn't have like a full drummer in the band. And so like that was pretty awesome as well. So, um, yeah, Kevin's great. I love him. I hate Lancaster. No offense, but it's like just a, no full offense. <laughs> yeah, but he's a great but he's a great um, dude. That's awesome. Uh, and then I'll, I'll kind of like uh, uh, wrap this up with or wrap up these questions. Um, OK, I promise I have somewhere I'm going with this. Uh, I, I, I know you've been asked a million times about Jerry Springer. It's not specifically what I'm going to what I'm going to talk to you about. We had some people like be like, ask them about Jerry Springer. I'm like, if you really want to know those de- those details, read the book. You know what I mean? Like, but I when I was reading the book, uh, I, I did. I didn't know that you were almost on Jerry Springer one time before. Yeah. And I just wanted to ask a, a, a bit of a clarifying question. Like, so you were almost on uh, and then you were on again that second time. You you mentioned in your book that they kind of recognized you, but didn't recognize you. Like, how did you manage to, like, skirt that? Like, how did they not <laughs> like how did like because like as ridiculous as that sh- 
show as that episode goes it's like how did they not re- remember that you were already on trying to do something else before like that just seems so wild yeah. to me well I, I i it's hard to tell like how many months passed between the two episodes so sure so like it seemed like a decent amount of time but also like when i went the first time i went like like i looked totally different I, like i looked normal okay like, it wasn't okay. like a, so the second time they were like look you know punk rock and then so, yeah, right. so i looked right, right. Like, okay i looked kind of stupid you know but that was the point you know they right. were like trying to like ham it up like so yeah, yeah they want they want you to be a stereotype yeah and i think like the first time they probably didn't really pay that much attention the second time there was more time where like they would have seen me like this the first right. time i just sat in the green room the whole entire time sure and sure didn't sure. go anywhere you know so right that was that yeah i just i didn't <laughs> it really got me when i was reading that that you were almost on it like a time before yeah. and then you like ended up doing the, obviously the the kind of now in, more infamous thing but it's just like that first one i think would have also still blown up but like maybe not in the same way i no. don't know it just like because <laughs> i was like i was like the i was like the good guy you know and so like oh I been sure like, sure uh, sure sure you know like just some emo dork you know i don't know I, I, it was, i'm glad that didn't happen I'm, I'm fucking psyched that i was like a dick you know the second time right. and like and i think it was cool that it was like you know it was kind of gay and like it was just way it was way cooler so yeah right right yeah yeah, yeah. I just, I like I said, we had a couple of people ask about it, but I wanted to ask about that first time specifically. <laughs> oh, I, I actually had a guy get in touch with me about uh, you coming on too, and he said uh, his it was very short. He just said, "Is he still using dual line six FL fours?" Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> that's like the secret weapon. I mean, it, and and again, like for a while, I was kind of like, "Oh, I don't want anybody to know," and it was a mistake when I first did it, but like. Um, uh-huh. Yes. So, and it's weird too, because, because line six started making the M 13 or something or some, some shit like that, where like, it's like a big black square and you could kind of, uh-huh. you can mm-hmm. like patch in, like, essentially you could have four of like any of the line six pedals at once, but it's such a trip because, um, so my jam was the two, um, FM fours and, and, and I would use both of them, run one into the other. And then when I started playing in all leather, um, Nathan Joyner, who was actually the, one of the later guitar players and some girls, he got one of those um, M13 or M16, I don't know, M something. Right, right. He got right. one of them and, he, and we tried to replicate the sounds that I would have and it's it's not the same. So like, it's way more convenient and it's cheaper to buy one smaller thing, but like, it's, right. but it's something else with those two FM4s. So um, nice. Yeah, those things are the jam. Oh, that's cool. All right, well, um, I guess just to kind of like, ultimately in this on because this is a death wish centered podcast and i want to kind of end this on a some like one last little some girls thing um you know like we talked about a lot about how like uh, you felt about the band while you were in it but like you know it's been many years like well over a decade since the band broke up like how do you feel now about your time overall in the band uh and like the music you put out like obviously we talked about heaven's pregnant teens you think that's a great record but like overall like how do you feel about your time with some girls um i think it was cool like i i guess um looking at it like in a, objectively like i liked going into the band because because it was um for me it was effortless like i was like oh i'll just play these songs and like yeah, sure. we'll just rock out and that'll be that and i and then and then i like the later part again like heaven's pregnant teens where we kind of like we were on a 
definite path. So like mm-hmm. in between was kind of like hit or miss. Like there's a couple fine, you know, like the, like the rains, are, uh, uh, the blues has like some, you know, okay songs. It has definitely some shitty songs. And I think the same with DNA, like, there's a couple jams on there and then a couple times where I'm like, what the fuck were we doing? Or like, why did, why did we write that? You know? And so I think it, and even like with, with even with the, um, the, all my friends are going death, like adding extra songs. Like, I think that the extra stuff we added was cool, except like covering no fun was kind of weird. Like, I, I don't really know. Right. I don't really know what we're doing. Like where I think like we ended up covering, um, um, release the bats uh, by the birthday party. And I think that was a better cover. And then obviously we covered, uh, PIL's religion too on 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 yeah, and that yeah. was like okay we're we're like on the that's the mm-hmm. I think even like even like covering um, religion too was like that song was like sort of projected us into what we were gonna do after Heaven's Pregnant Teens okay which we didn't end up doing gotcha. but that was kind of right. like the zone we're like like this is where we gotta go you know because um, <laughs> even awesome. on because even on Heaven's Pregnant Teens there's some that like I think um. Fuck, I can't remember some of the names. I mean, besides like Death Face, but there was like the one that's like it's like Mary Mortuary, I think, or or or, or yes, Bone Metal, yeah. maybe Mary Mortuary, where it's just like mid tempo and it's like really nasty, and that that's kind of like where I think we were we were finding like our vibe, you know, and 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 also too, I think like I mean, I don't know, like Wes can probably say I'm wrong or whatever, but like I think like the the sort of slower stuff kind of gave him a little bit more room to actually sing because I do remember like when we were working with Alex Newport on Heaven's Pregnant Teens, he, and, and Alex is an amazing producer. He's very particular about like pronunciate pronunciation and like saying the words. And I, and I remember Wes kind of like struggling with that and like being opposed to it, but I think it might've helped him. Maybe not, but like for either way, like I think it kind of gave him, um, it like helped him or it, it helped to me. It made his vocals like stand out more. And I think that was strong. That was pretty sure. cool. Um, well, that's awesome. Well, fantastic, Justin. This has been an absolute blast. Thanks. Uh, I've had a I've had a really great time, and just thank you so much for coming on. Uh, once again, uh, I'm sorry that it, it took so so long to try to figure this out, but it'll be great. We'll probably, you know, our listeners are going to really, really, really appreciate this. Um, but what, <coughs> what have me. you got going on right now? Like, what's your that's current, what I was just about what's your current jam? Your plug? Your what we're doing what do you mean like what i'm actually doing um like yeah what it like if you're to promote the next thing uh, you have coming out uh, you know what i mean like what's your what's your what's your shit right now uh well during quarantine i've wrapped Mm up um we well we we've wrapped up the satanic planet record um so like that's done finally um and also quarantine ended up allowing Dave Lombardo to join the band, which is really cool. Cause we had already written the record and wanted him just to play on one song. And now he, then he like ended up being on the band. (laughs) So it's like, thanks COVID. Um, uh, and then I, I, and then, um, I had this project called deaf club. We, we, we finished Mm -hmm. writing and recorded an entire record so that those are, um, those are both totally done. And then I've been working on planet B stuff, another band. Um, and then, before COVID, before the pandemic, uh, the Locust started working on a new record, but very slowly. And then I have we haven't seen each other since um, since this happened. So so like sure, but yeah. So lo- there's a lot of shit. Oh, also they, like are, are, Def- our fucking Dead Cross. Yeah, we finished a record um, right before the pandemic. Gonna... Um, 
I was going to ask, is any of this scheduled to come out this year or is it like it's got all up in know? the air? I think that um, I think that the Satanic Planet and the Death Club record will come out this year. I'm maybe the Dead Cross record will. Yeah. And um, Locust, probably not. And Planet B, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, okay, uh, well, so, yeah, I mean, that's uh, that really that really wraps it up for this bonus episode with Mr. Justin Pearson. Thank you so much again for coming on. Thanks guys. Uh, absolutely. Do you have any kind of social medias you want to plug or just Google you? I mean, I feel like they could find you if they want to hear you. Yeah. Or don't find me. <laughs> yeah. Don't. Or yeah, yeah. Yeah. Don't. They can, they can search, uh, well, but will it be fruitful? Probably well, not. Uh, for us, uh, you can find the podcast on all the social medias at Deskography Pod. Uh, personally, you can find me at Iron Raygun on Instagram and Twitter. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Carbomb Sermon. That's right. And uh, please don't forget that we do have a Patreon. Uh, you know, five bucks a month gets you access to all that shit, and including a special episode where we cover some girls, Heaven's Pregnant Teens. Um, like I said, once again, thank you so much, Justin, for coming on. It has been an absolute wow. blast. Maybe uh, maybe sometime in the future we can get Sal on and maybe just do another one of these because I think it'd be kind of fun. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> nice. I mean, all right. I, I think if you can get Sal to be on one, you should because he, ha- he has a, like a whole other perspective because he was he recorded the first e- EP and then he's got some mm-hmm. funny stories about recording the DNA. Like when we had Karen O come and sing on it and like everybody was just wasted. <laughs> like it was except him. Um, but it was, yeah, I think, I think like he's got some interesting perspectives. Oh, yeah. Well, I definitely am still in contact with him. So we are trying to get him on. Oh, but awesome. All right. Well, thanks guys and, uh, for listening. That's all she wrote. <laughs>